Hey there, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I've got one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it's movie night. Why I love my job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today on the show is actually something a little different. I went away, I took this family trip with my dad uh, a week or two ago, and while I was away, Cole and Graham, two of the co-workers you guys have come to know from previous episodes, got together and recorded an episode together. They actually recorded two. So this week we're going to put out uh, both of those episodes and it's really interesting. I wanted those two guys to work at the video store because of their knowledge, because of how much they've watched and their opinions and, and I'm really grateful that they, they've really been able to be such good co-workers. And I find it really interesting that when I'm away, uh, <laughs> it didn't take them long before they started talking about Star Wars, which was almost a, an inevitable joke um, that if left alone, those two would talk about Star Wars. But at least you will see in the episode, uh, they are aware of this and they are aware of the fact that if left alone, they could talk about Star Wars for two hours. And uh, I've said this before, that... I wanted the video store to have the knowledge, have the context, have the film school theory, but be very much diluted into far more accessible conversation, far more fun mainstream conversations, and that I wanted the video store to be something for everyone. So this episode and perhaps the second episode that follows um, later this week are perhaps a little more concentrated, perhaps a little more niche. But I think that's great, and I think that's awesome, and I am really grateful that the video store can still operate as a business uh, without me in the sense that these two co-workers can, can keep the business going. And um, it was really great for me to be objective and listen to this episode uh, without actually having been involved and actually have without having been a part of the episode. So I really loved listening to these two Okies talk, and I'm sure you will too. So without further ado... Let's open up shop, and this is Graham and Cole. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? It was ready, 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 interesting! So, I learned something really interesting yesterday. Yeah. One of the actors from Jaws, who specifically played one of the pranksters with the shark fin. Yes. Just became the sheriff of the town that the, sh- the movie was shot in. What? Yeah. That's very appropriate. It's That's so like a redemption arc. That's like an anime redemption arc. <laughs> the, little, the little shitty child. Exactly. Has a rise to, to you're power. You're the asshole. And now you're the sheriff. Yeah. And now you get to live out the same nightmare. What if it happens in real life now? Mm. He's prepared though. Yeah. He's lived through it once. You can do it again. So yeah, fun fact way to start it off today. Yeah, I like it. Um, aside from that, um, I haven't been doing any new film watching, which I really need to get on. Um, yeah, same. I haven't watched much new. I don't know if you've jumped on the Disney Plus train yet. I haven't. So I've still got a few days left until I'm going to cancel at the end of May. Oh, for Netflix? Yeah, for Netflix. Okay, my Netflix is dead and gone already. Oh, brilliant. Which oh, I kind of regret now because Stranger Things is about to start. Mm. <laughs> mm, exactly. The... Two and a half hour episodes of Stranger Things. Right, something like that. Mm. Well, they said there are more. each episode is at least more than an hour. Mm. And it's been split up into two halves, the season. Which is unprecedented and awesome. 
It kind of is unprecedented. They've done it before. Mm, I mean, like with those big finales, they do. But yeah. for like an entire season, yeah, it's just I know, to have right. that format. And then the also thing they should have final... done with Game of Thrones. Mm. I mean, how long was, you know, this is a lot that they should have done with Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm over it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, it's it's a proper form of PTSD. <laughs> um, but yeah, excited for excited for Stranger Things season four. Yeah, I'm probably going to be getting an Apple Plus subscription for the first time now to watch that new dinosaur show. That prehistoric planet or whatever it's called. It yes. just started yesterday. First episode came out yesterday. The one with Sir David Attenborough doing yeah, the Yeah, produced by John Favreau. Mm. It looks incredible. I it wish looks- it was more than five episodes. It's only five episodes. But I imagine they cost a fortune to make. Yeah, so I understand I mean, why it's so short. But it, it looks was a big incredible. deal that Disney made Dinosaur. Yes. When they made Dinosaur 22 years ago. It Something came out like, like 2000. I can't even remember. Yeah, and that was that was CG dinosaurs, yeah. and that was that was a whole and, film production. And walking with dinosaurs, exactly, which was even longer ago than dinosaur. Yes, this is like the spiritual successor. But to it's that. like basically making five Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, yeah. So probably yeah. bigger than that because the entire thing is CGI. Other than like, the, I assume they're still shooting plate environments. Doctor Alan Grant's not in it. I'm not right? watching what it a, now. What a loss. <laughs> not interested. Just making a time traveler now. Um, yes. So Apple TV plus I got it because with my TV, I don't know if it was with my TV or because I was a first time subscriber, but I got three months free, oh, nice. um, which is cool. And I watched a little bit of severance okay. with Adam Scott of parks and recreation fame. Yes. Did you um, watch any of Ted Lasso? No, I really want to watch it. Apparently it's really good. Russell loves Ted Lasso. Yeah. Dude, everyone who watches Ted Lasso loves Ted Lasso. Mm. So I really want to see it. It's an interesting premise. I like the idea of it. Yeah, same. Mm. Um, but aside from that, um, looking forward to our summer release schedule at the movies. There's actually some good stuff coming out. Dude, very soon, Top Gun. Did you hear that that got a standing ovation at Cannes? Top Gun. Top Gun got a standing wow. ovation at Cannes. And Tom Cruise, the Tom Cruise, got an honorary Palme d'Or. I mean, he's, he hasn't gotten an Oscar yet, so, I mean, he may as well get one of those. The French love Tom Cruise. That is genuinely surprising. Yeah. Maybe they don't know about Scientology in France. Maybe. Maybe they don't care. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Or maybe they way, don't have any 33-year-old women for Tom Cruise to break up with. <laughs> which is insane. But yeah, no. And also, what's a cool factoid that I found out. Why don't you yeah. need to stop saying factoid? Factoid. Yeah. You can just call them facts. It's like I'm trying. Yeah, just facts. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to be like, hey, I have facts. I am smart. <laughs> um, that's, it's not a fact. It's a thing that happened. The, the the epic thing about Top Gun that like places it so firmly in its epoch yeah. is whenever there's a horny moment, it's the and it, it works every time. Yeah. It's so the Tony Scott like, ugh, rawness, right? right? The passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the new song has been written by Lady Gaga herself. Yes, I haven't listened to it yet. I've seen like the music video and stuff is up, but I haven't, yes. I haven't listened to it. I'm kind of waiting until to see it in context of the film. I, I like heard a little bit of it when the boy played it for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also just want to see that moment in the, in the film where it comes on and if it's going to be the same, but I also don't want to expect that. Um, but yes, so Top Gun Maverick. Um, and finally in South Africa, at least everything everywhere all at once is finally released. Is, were? Mm, I didn't even weekend. know that. Is it only at Nouveau or is it, is it wider than that? No, I saw it at um, State Clinical Crest yesterday. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's out everywhere. Nice. So um, nice. I'm believably excited for that. Still haven't seen The Northman. Yes, I haven't seen, dude, I haven't, like movies just don't happen anymore. I had this mm. discussion with Russell 
Oh, yeah? Like how rarely just going to the cinema happens these days. Yeah. Mostly because of COVID. Yes. Thanks. I think it's just you're so nestled in that routine of staying at home and popping on some Netflix. It doesn't help, yeah. And now that we're getting Disney+, Plus, we're going to have the option to not go watch Doctor Strange and IMAX and watch it on Disney+, Plus, right? At some point. Well, I don't know when it's coming out on Disney+. Plus. Oh, so it is delayed. Yeah, yeah. For their big oh. releases like that, though, they still... They still have like that separation between theater release and okay. and streaming. Sorry for an a budding movie podcast. I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> Some stuff they didn't like. They took a bit of criticism for, at least in America, turning red went straight to Disney Plus. Okay, whereas we did get that in theaters. Yes, I'm not sure if we spoke about that on this, but did you watch that? I just saw it now that Disney Plus is a thing. I just saw it like two days ago. Oh, nice. And what did you think? It is fantastic it is one of the most adorable films it is yeah it's, it's amazing dude it's so good and also i think it's, it's the same kind of moments i had when i saw spider-man into the spideyverse okay where animation feels animated yes it's like with toy story 4 it's a showreel piece for pixar it's yeah. a stunning movie but it's a flipping showreel piece yeah for how well they they like graphics engines can render things it, yeah it's the difference between Aiming for animation and aiming for photorealism. Exactly. Whereas, whereas Pixar, like over their last few films, they're going with more caricature, caricaturized characters. Like even mm. Luca is very much the same. The characters, they're not aiming for any level of photorealism. No. Like they're trying to emulate their 2D art in exactly. 3D. You know? Exactly. And it works. It works really well. That's the trend that's irritating me. Yeah. Is that um, it was Luca, then it was... Uh, Turning Red, and finally The Bad Guys, the, the okay. DreamWorks animation. I haven't released. seen it yet. Um, all of them looked like they were animated by Rebecca Sugar of Steven Universe. It's that like animation style. like kind of taken over. It first took over all the 2D animated shows, and they yeah. all look the same. Yes. And now we're kind of doing it with, you know, the CG movies. Yeah. That's a little bit irritating. It's like we're taking too many notes Fair from enough. each other. Yes. And it's just becoming this amorphous mess of styles. So, I mean... Mm, which is weird that we... I think we've been set up to expect that in Western animation. Mm. Whereas, like, 80% of anime all looks kind of exactly the same and we're fine with it. Right. Because that's just the way it's always been. Yeah, it's a whereas, good point. Whereas stylistically, it's, like, indistinguishable. Yes. Whereas if a show comes along that looks like Adventure Time, we're all going to be going, oh, they're ripping off Adventure Time. Right. You know? Anything with, like, a distinct style like yeah, that. Yeah, like, animators in the West have to be... Or cheers. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's a very good point. It's a very good point, to be fair. But yes, Turning Red, um, animated, fun, and also like so goofy. fun, dude. Goofy as hell. Yeah, very silly. And also I felt like that director watched a lot of anime. Yes. And worked it into this movie. Yeah. And it made it so much fun. I think that, I think one of my favorite moments in an animated film ever is where her four aunties show up. Oh, yes. I was like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And then also how perfectly... That director got across the fandom of boy bands in the 90s. Yes. Well, I suppose it happens now with BTS and... Yeah. Yeah. Because the the film doesn't make it clear until quite late on that it's set in like early 2000s. It's like 2002 or something. It doesn't Mm. mention that until right towards the end. And then you go, oh, yeah. Yes. A lot of this makes sense now. Yeah. And I I mean, like, I think that boy bands are perennial. Yes. They'll be around forever. Yeah. (laughs) Just in various stages. Exactly. It was the Beatles and then it moved on to other things. Yeah. NSYNC. Mm. And now it's K-pop. Mm. Yeah. I love K-pop. But anyways, let's carry on talking <laughs> about movies. Yes. Um, so in order to finally utilize Netflix for all that it's worth, yeah. um, I was watching some Black Mirror episodes. I've never seen any of Black Mirror. 
so the San Junipero episode in season three okay. um, was one that the boy gave lectures on at Vitz. Oh. So um, he made me watch that and it was so good. It was stunning. But also like stylistically, those shows are so exciting. Okay. Then the episode Nosedive with Bryce Dallas Howard oh. is written by Rashida Jones and Michael Schur of Parks and Recreation. Yes. Okay. And um, also starring Ntokozo Majorzi. Oh, yes. I remember that he was in an episode. Yeah. I still didn't see it. Yeah, exactly. Every time I see it, it's like, it's Majorzi. Yeah. Wow. Being all American. Oh, right. I didn't know he was doing an accent. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Talking about South Africans and things. Mm. Justin Stradorm is in the new Netflix film. Look it up. <laughs> How embarrassing. Right. Um, to give uh, a little context while Cole's doing that, Justin Stradon was a lecturer of ours. Cole and I actually went to university together, and he was a he was the acting lecturer. Neither of us took acting as a class, but he was one of the acting lecturers, and he was a wonderful, wonderful man. And he should have been in District 9. Well, he was in District 9, but he should have had a bigger role in District 9. Mm. The film is called The Silverton Siege, based on a true heist. Yeah, okay, I did of... actually hear about this. There were, yes. I was reading about this. A couple weeks ago. I didn't know he was in it. Mm. It's always kind of exciting to see Arnold Fossler show, show up in anything. Yes. Uh, he's like, it's, it's the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Emotep. tap. Uh-huh. I always just want a cameo from Brendan Fraser when he's around. It's like the two don't really exist without the other yeah, in I miss Brendan Fraser. He needs oh, to be in more he's things. so amazing. Sorry, Fraser. Fraser. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, Justin Stradom's in that. And Never. that's also something I want to watch. Like a few of the South African things that are on Netflix. Yes. Before I give it up. Um, and then um, we also need to talk about what released yesterday. Mm-hmm. Which is? The new Mission Impossible trailer. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know, because I think it got leaked, so they kind of... Oh. They released it early. Mm. Earlier than they were intending to. There are a few things to say yeah. about this trailer, but I think that's the... You know, I have that problem of saying that anything new that I watch is, my, is like the greatest thing ever made. Yes. And I saw that trailer and I said to myself out loud in this room, the Mission Impossible films are the greatest films ever made. Do I, okay. I know you're saying, you're criticizing a little of hyperbole there, but I do genuinely think that the Mission Impossible franchise is the best current ongoing franchise in cinema. Mm. I think it's the best. Mm. I think it's insanely consistent. It's a franchise that's been going since 1996 and they've made one bad movie. Yes. Which was Mission Impossible 2, which is terrible. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's but the rest of the films are range from good to like incredible. Fallout yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah, even back to back, it's it's that it feels like. The, also, I saw a Twitter thread arguments about this. People were talking about no Rogue Nation's my favorites. Oh, Ghost yes. Protocol yes. is definitely the best. Yeah, my guy was like, "Hey, Mission Impossible Two is fun." Yeah, so apparently there are people out there that love those pigeons. I but mean, people also like the prequels. So, the prequel, Star Wars. Oh, prequels. the prequels. Yes. Sorry, I, I missed the <laughs> definitive article. There's only one prequel that we speak of. Um, but also, like, the ballsiness of this trailer mm. to have a couple lines of very vague dialogue that don't allude to anything plot-wise. From freaking Kittredge. Yeah, right? Going back to the first form, speaking in 1996. Wild. Yeah. And then, it's it's just a montage. Yes. Well, like, it's a long trailer. It's a lot. It's not that long. It's under two minutes. But I'm just like, a trailer's used, also first trailers, teasers, I always expect yeah. them to be a minute. Yes. Like from the 90s, I don't know if that was a thing. Yeah, teaser trailers used to be teasers. Yes. Now they're just trailers. Now we get trailer teasers. Except for that trailer, I don't know if you saw a teaser for a movie called Prey. Mm-mm. Maybe you should look it up. 
Okay. Because it's very interesting. They right. have sneakily, without telling anyone, made a new Predator movie. How dare out they? Out of nowhere. But it's called Prey, and it's set like a few hundred years ago in like pre-colonial America. And it's about native, like this, this pair of Native Americans being hunted by a Predator. And it's been directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Who is? Who directed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Brilliant. Yeah. And he also directed some episodes of Black Mirror, I think. So that's interesting. For anyone out there who hasn't watched Arnie's Predator film. Mm. It's you, a delight. You have to watch it. It's so silly and so wonderful. It's, and it's so... There's so, many, there's so many memeable moments yes. in that film. Yeah. It's, but it's also like sneakily subversive. Right. In the sense that... The way it's advertised, and even to the extent the way it's thought of, is like a big, brawny action film. Yes. Like, oh, it's big muscles. It's about big muscle men fighting monsters. But it's actually like a slasher movie. Yeah. You know, where even to the extent where Arnold is the final girl. Right. He's the last one left up against this, like, unstoppable killer thing. Mm. And, like, there's a scene in that where um, they literally just shoot their guns into the forest arbitrarily for like a minute straight. Yeah, when they panic, they think that, well, like they're waiting for the predator and yes. trip something and then they just blow the forest apart. Yes, and mm. they achieve nothing. And that was literally like the whole point that, um, what's his name, McTiernan? I can't remember his first John name. John McTiernan. John McTiernan, same guy directed Die Hard. Yeah. Like he was deliberately saying like the big muscle men and their big guns are completely useless. Yeah. And they can't do anything against this threat. It's, so that's not what this film is about. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's really, really um, cool because if you're looking at what's happening in the movies of that time, yes. you know, especially Arnie yeah. um, himself. And Commando. Then, I mean, the film starts off when they get off the helicopter and they greet each other. Um, Arnie and, or Sarge and? Uh, Dutch. Dutch, thank you. Well done. Um, when they, like, Dutch, how's it going? I don't quite remember what they said. When yeah. they grab each other, there's that shot and of those biceps. biceps. yes. And you're just like, oh, wow. That's like a thesis statement at yeah. the start of the movie. It is. And then all of a sudden, these guys just get butchered. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally butchered. Well, um, Patrick H. Willems, a YouTuber, he does video essays on YouTube. You should look him up. Did a whole video about Predator and how it's not a big, dumb action film. And it's actually a slasher film. It's a very good video. But Predator 2 is terrible. Yeah, yeah. And I never saw The Predator which was the latest one. Not good. I heard it wasn't good. Apparently it was, a it was one of those films that was just annihilated by the studio. Yeah. Like the whole third act was originally completely different. It feels like a producer edits it. Is. Yeah. And yeah. the Predator, wait, no, Predators is actually pretty good. You Did you ever see Predators? I remember you saying you hadn't seen it. Predators was the one with Adrian Brody falling yes. out of the sky in the beginning. Yeah, I have. It is pretty good. It's fun. It's fine. Yeah, it's that's fine. what it is. It's fine. I it's nowhere it, near as good as the original, but it's it's entertaining. I know, like, we can't compare the Alien uh, franchise with Predator, really. Yeah. Just in terms of, I think, they're two different things, in yes, a way. Even though they smush them together. But if I had to look at all the Predator films together, I think, like, just below Predator 1, I'd, I'd rather put Aliens versus Predators. Probably. Yeah. Probably. AVP. Like, AVP. OG AVP. Yeah. I think it's a silly, awesome yeah Slasher. it knows what it is yeah it knows what it is and it's I unfortunate that it had to be like a pg-13 like studio film mm. but it's still very very fun and it has very cool moments in it yeah i think that's what got me into the franchise because i could watch it when i was young yes but then as well um you know they took an aunt's house director and gave the alien franchise to alien resurrection yep. yeah what a weird choice that's so french bizarre. art house hey go make this big budget sci-fi film yeah <laughs> Of course, that a bit made a sense. Choice. But 
when I was like six, my cousins from England came over, my older cousins from England, like watched this movie. Oh, I was right. six years old. And I saw this guy pull a piece of his own brain out of his head. And <laughs> I am just, I'm scarred forever. That wasn't cool. Right. Were, were there anything, were there any movies that you saw prematurely that totally terrified you when you were a kid? Um, I'm trying to remember about things. I, I mean, I remember being very young and the very first episode of Elf scaring the hell out of me. Elf? Elf. Did you never watch Elf? Oh, the, 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 the Muppet thing. The Muppet, yeah. Yeah, Elf is terrifying. Elf, I mean, in hindsight, Elf is phenomenal. Oh, right. He is one of the funniest characters ever. I mean, here, here's just an anecdote, not exactly Elf related, but Muppet related. When I got Disney Plus, yeah. you know, Mar- new, new amazing Marvel shows, new amazing Star Wars shows. Yeah, yeah. Very first thing I watched was the Muppet movie. Oh, why is the it original on there? Of Muppet course, film. they own it. Yeah, the very original one, which I haven't seen, I hadn't seen in like 20 years. Wild. It's so much fun. Now, the Muppets I are incredible. I love the Muppets. <laughs> So Elf terrified you as a child? Yes. The very first episode, I, I seem to remember something about the, the scene where Elf fir- first arrives in their house. I don't remember the particulars, but I remember it scaring the hell out of me. Wild. I think for me, it was um, the Thriller music video. Understandable. <laughs> when he turns around and he's turning into a werewolf, yes. and then all of a sudden he goes, get away from me. Yes. I, I, I was four <laughs> or five, and I like ran crying to my mother. My brother got in a lot of trouble. Because, yeah, you don't just show a child a full-on werewolf transformation. Yes. Wow. Goodness. But we, we, you were also quite restricted in what you could watch as a kid, weren't you? Your parents were quite overprotective of what you could and couldn't watch. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. There, there the was way. quite a bit that was pretty bad. Um, but then again, I demanded that I watched Jurassic Park, The Last World. Same. Because well, for just... me, it was Jurassic Park. Oh, I was right. like six or seven when it came out. Yeah. And I was like... I wasn't allowed to see it in theaters, which in hindsight is understandable. Uh, taking a six-year-old into a movie theater to see Jurassic Park would have been a terrible idea. Yeah. But when it came out on vi- video, I was like, I'm watching this movie. We're renting this. You cannot stop me. Yes. I'm a child and it's about dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which it's was everything. the very lucid arguments I gave my parents when I was a child. Right. I was like, this is like, it's made for me. Yeah. I want to watch dinosaurs. Yeah. And that moment of the two T-Rex is ripping that guy apart. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that was intense. But also, I, I remember the like, in terms of the overprotectiveness thing. I remember the turning point in my life. Yeah, was when the Matrix came out, and uh, for some reason, my mother was like, "No, you can't watch that." Dude, there was such a funny moment. I remember it to this day, where the trailer was playing on television, and I said, "I really want to see this." And they said, "What is it?" And I said, "It's the Matrix." And they said, "What is that?" And in that exact moment in the trailer, Morpheus says the line, you cannot be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And I was like, see, see, he's telling me to see it. And then I still wasn't allowed to see it in theaters. But when it came out on DVD, I remember I watched it with my cousins. And then like the turning point was like, okay, mom, we are renting this and you're watching it. Now you have to see this. Because it's phenomenal. Yes. And then from then on, I was basically allowed to watch whatever I wanted. Oh, okay, cool. Because yeah. you were making good recommendations. Yes. Like, trust the child. Yeah, you can trust That has a keen eye for good movies. I, dude, I have such a weird memory for very specific things. I remember the first movie I was allowed to see in theaters without adult supervision was just the kids. My cousins and some friends and yeah. stuff. We were all teenagers, like early. I was maybe like 12 or 13. Was Enemy of the State. I don't know why I remember Enemy that. of the state. What yeah. a weird choice. Yeah. We're just like, we're going to movies. We want to watch this. And it's like, cool. We're going to do it without the parents. Because that was late 90s, wasn't it? I think so. Late 90s. Or so you would have been 2000s. like early teens. Yeah. I would have been like 12 or 13. Okay. 
that's when you start taking movie. movies seriously. And yes. that's when you get into spy movies and war yeah. movies and gangster movies. What yeah. was the first movie you watched where you realized movies could be bad? Where it like clicked with you like, oh, movies aren't always great. I, I thought of this the other day. I thought of this the other day and it was really, really disappointing. It was Jumper with Hayden Christensen right. and Jamie Bell. Yes. For me, it was X-Men 3. <laughs> See, like, I have a problem with fandom-based media yes. like X-Men. I think in all of it, mm-hmm. my, my, any sort of critical capacity I have yes. goes out the window. Off, yeah. And then, I'm, you know, Martin Scorsese speaks about, like, these Marvel movies being roller coaster yes. rides. Which is right. Um, and that's kind of how I, like, turn off when I watch these. Yeah, 100%. And I kind of, I think I go into a state of pure denial where I'm like, X-Men <laughs> cannot be bad. Yeah. It is not bad. And I, I loved X-Men 3 when it yeah. came out. Oh, right. But I think, when did it come out? Like 2004? Oh, something like 2005, somewhere around that area. Yeah, I was like 13 or 14 years yeah. old. I think it's no excuse. <laughs> but like even even um, Rise of Skywalker. Like, yeah, I, I remember I remember we, we went to watch that. Dean was with us. Mm. And we were driving back yeah. from Armax. And you and, it was us in your car. Yeah. With Dean. And you guys were sitting up front talking about how much you liked the film. And I'm sitting in the back going, how do I say that was terrible? Really? And I remember you guys asked me, like, what do you think of it? And I was like, I can understand why this is the Star Wars movie some people would want. Yes. And that was my, like, diplomatic answer at that point in time. Not, I hated that film. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Because I hated because that movie. I, I watched it and I watched it and I watched it. And then afterwards, I stopped caring about Star Wars. Yes. Which is a big deal for me. Yeah. And then I understood why when I watched Patrick Williams's breakdown of it. Yeah, he did a very, just, he succinctly very explained the problems with that movie. Exactly. Better than I could. It's just like, oh, I, this is the problem with being a fan that likes everything that's put out by a yeah. studio. Yeah. You know? But then, yeah, it was, yeah, it's terrible. We should, it's we horrific. should do episodes just about the phase, like we should do an original episode, original trilogy, original recipe Star Wars. Mm. just talk about those films. We just talk about the prequels and another one. And then we just talk about the sequels and another one. Mm. Cause we could do episodes on those very easily. No, very easily. There've been many conversations over a beer and a prego yeah. roll. Yeah. Actually just rewatched them on Disney plus. Cause I can watch them in 4k now. Oh wow. And they look fine. Really? Yeah. Fine. Fine. Oh no. The prequels look fine. I, I, I'm making my way through the star Wars films. I was originally just going to watch one, two, three, just cause I've been thinking about them a lot lately. Yeah. But then I got to three and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to carry on to four. And I've watched four and five as well. And then I'll watch six tonight. Okay. Four, four, four and five look very good. Right. In 4K. The other ones look okay. But also just going from the prequels to the original trilogy is like, it's such a stark contrast. Right. Like too much of a contrast. Maybe not too much of a contrast, but just in terms of how like, it's like when you watch something really bad and then you watch something good and how like refreshing it is. Right. <laughs> I've just right. like watching four and five again, dude. I've I probably enjoyed them more than I've ever enjoyed them before. Because you watched one to three first. Probably, yeah. Damn. God, I've had so many thoughts about episode one, especially especially three. Oddly enough, three was the one that like I th- expected it to be one because it's always one is like the worst one. Yes. But three is the one that has probably the most glaring problems. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we want to save it for another episode. We'll yeah, talk I about think it let's now. save it because. Okay, yeah. We can go for hours Easily, about that. Dude. Easily. Because I've had like thoughts about that film that I've never had before. Really? Things that I've realized that are like... Uh, yeah, I could literally why, talk George, about why? those movies forever. Yeah, easily. Um, but don't watch Army of the Dead on Netflix. Okay. Because I decided to just see what... 
it's the, so the boys we're weird talking about. How that has been very successful to the extent that they made Army of the Dead. They've made a prequel. Yeah. They're making a sequel and a TV series. Uh, and I'm like, wow. I mean, either, either people are being very stupid or I'm missing something and I don't know which it is. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand the appeal of it in the slightest and the okay. fact that it's so indulgent at two and a half hours. I was about to say one of the reasons I haven't watched it is because committing to a two and a half hour zombie movie is something else. No, it's it's insane. It's not even good zombie movie, you know? <laughs> it's just like good zombie movie. It's like, go watch Dawn of the Dead, mm. Zack Snyder's first zombie movie. Yes. Or Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it just feels like it's it's playful yes. from a filmmaking perspective. Like you can feel like Zack Snyder's DOP. He's mm. got he's got like soft focus everywhere. He's busy experimenting with his camera okay. and his shoulder mounts and everything. And it just feels like there's nothing is suitable. Right. So it's like stylistically confusing or like tonally confusing. Yes. Okay. Especially the fact that they like marketed it as a fun zombie film and the yes. titles are all in like neon colors and it's yes. in Las Vegas. Yeah. And then that playfulness and that self-awareness immediately goes away and it becomes a serious zombie movie and a oh, serious drama right. where people have terrible backstories and uh, I just, I it's like note for notes, it's aliens. Oh, okay. It's also rewatch aliens. Okay. I instead see of watching saying. army of the dead. Did you notice in watching that film, the character that wasn't really there? Army of the Dead or Aliens? Army of the Dead. The character that wasn't really there. One of the characters in that film was not shot on set at the same time as all the other actors. <gasps> I know. Because someone who was cast in the film was fired very early on because of certain accusations made against them. Uh, so they replaced them after the fact in post. Wild. And you didn't notice this at all. I'm, I'm busy going through, like, trying to remember as much as I can about a very forgettable movie. Okay. But no. If I remember correctly, again, I haven't seen the film, but I think it was there's a pilot. The helicopter pilot. Yes. They were not filmed at the same time as any of the other characters. Their stuff was all done on green screen. Wild. Post. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, I think that's the thing with Zack Snyder. I mean, technically. Oh, yeah, dude. Technically, you it's can't phenomenal. Touch him. You can't touch Zack Snyder. He's up there with, it's, it's kind of Bay. frustrating that. So many of like the great visual directors are just bad storytellers. Yeah. Michael Bay. I yeah. think Zack Snyder is a better storyteller than Michael Bay. Mm. But he's still not, he's, he isn't a Steven Spielberg, you know? No. You know, and in kind of in that tier list, it's like Michael Bay, Zack Snyder, James Cameron. Right. Right. Because James Cameron also like amazing visuals, but he's very competent at telling a story. Yes. Even if his stories aren't like mind blowing and original and. Yeah. I suppose Terminator's pretty original. Yeah. But even so, like, there's nothing, like, phenomenal about his characterizations. Like, the good performances come from good actors, not good directing. Exactly. You know? I can't remember if we spoke about this, about Avatar 2 coming out. I think I spoke about we it with Russell. We mentioned the trailer last week, I yes. think. Very interesting. I mean, it's it's. I, I think it's impossible to not be excited. Yeah. Again, because it's James Cameron. Because it's James Cameron. And, and like people are like, no one bar. wants this. People are like, no, nobody wants this film. Nobody wants a sequel to Avatar. Avatar was bad. Avatar is the most successful film ever made. Mm. There are millions out there, people out there who love that film. Yeah. Because a movie doesn't become that successful by having a really strong opening weekend and then everyone going, oh, it's actually bad. No. Because everyone makes that much money it. from being in theater for months and making more and more and more and more mm. and more money because people keep going back to see it. It's like Titanic was exactly the same. 
Yeah. Titanic was in theaters for like a year. But that's this is what I was talking about with kind of switching off that part of my brain that looks at stories and says that they're bad. Yes. It's like when you're looking at Avatar and you realize it's Pocahontas. Yes. Right? You're not sitting there and enjoying it because of whatever plot is moving along there. Mm. It's it's eye candy. It's, yeah. it's purely there just to see how beautiful those images are. Yeah. And I realized watching that second trailer that it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's going to be just fun as hell and beautiful. Yeah. It's going to be very pretty. Mm. And now I'm totally okay with there being five of these movies. I don't know if I'm okay with five, but I'm definitely okay with at least one sequel. Well, it's interesting. The last time a studio said there were going to be five movies, it was Fantastic Beasts. Yep. And that's already run its course. Hopefully. Yeah, thank goodness. Hopefully the third one was the last one. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even seen two and three. Oh, did you not see two? No. I did see two. It's okay. Right. It's, you know, that's the thing. There's no movies... more magic in Hogwarts because there's no wonder. Yeah. You're not a child learning God, that's something else we could do a whole episode on because I only watched the Harry Potter movies for the first time like a year ago. Right. Because I hadn't seen them before. Right. And you hadn't grown up with them. So, yeah, I hadn't grown up with them. I haven't read the books or anything like that. So many thoughts on those films. My goodness. I mean, like, we also need to talk about J.K. Rowling in the same context of Harry Potter and, like, how those films have just completely changed to so many people. Yeah. Right. But I suppose that's definitely a discussion for another time. Yeah. All right, so I think my watch list is just focused on the necessity of watching as much as I can before Netflix yes. ends for me. And yeah, our, yeah. our journey together finally comes to a close. <laughs> um, so it, for me, it's a Silverton Siege. Okay, cool. I also want to see the best rated show, at least on Letterboxd, is When They See Us. Okay. 2019 series directed by Ava DuVernay. Oh, right. Um, and looks exceptional. And then I've heard Made is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also really gut-wrenching, and I don't know if I'm in the mood for it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I want good movies and good series and storytelling in my life, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I'll I'll talk to you when I get Disney Plus finally. And Cole, I'm going to recommend to you the same thing I always recommend to you, a thousand times now. Oh no! Watch BoJack Horseman, Cole. Damn it! Because damn, you're the third person in my life. It's phenomenal, and I know you're going to freaking love it. BoJack Horseman, like Bojack, I said, third yeah. person in my life that's been on my back about watching BoJack Horseman. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm finally onto Bob's Burgers. Wait, is BoJack Horseman on Netflix? Yes. Damn. Six seasons. Okay. So, I guess that's... You know, I'm going to come back to Netflix. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I will definitely resubscribe at some point, even if it's just for a month to catch up on stuff. You know, in the, on the show, I think it's pointless us talking about something like Stranger Things because everyone's going to be watching that anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just trying to work as much of netflix as i can before it's gone mm-hmm. what are you gonna watch um i just started watching the mandalorian for the first time because i haven't seen any of it before wow so i'm gonna finish the first season and we can talk about that at some point okay brilliant it's fun so far mm. i like that you could basically call that show the mandalorian solves his little problems and i like it because it's very simple very simple. And I assume it's not going to keep going that way. I assume it'll become more of like a serialized arc thing. But like each episode is like a self-contained little story. Mm. Like the first one, it's, hey, find the little Yoda. The second one's, hey, Jawas fucked up your spaceship. Fix it. You know? And then he just starts blowing them up. And I love that. It made me feel really good. Yeah. But I like those little self-contained like stories that it's telling at this point. Right. It's sort of like how The Witcher would be a way better show if it was just like a monster of the week sort of thing. Where each, each week he was just hunting a different monster. The best, the best parts of those shows are when he hunts the monsters. 100%. You know? I don't care about the politics. No. But yeah, so good, good shows to watch. Yeah. And lots of movies coming out. 
lots of movies coming out. Let's talk about that in the next one. I agree. All right. That is the episode that was Graham and Cole. And uh, as I said, it was lovely to, to be able to listen to them and, and, uh, and be a little more objective. Um, we are now starting to use this wrap-up, this very quick wrap-up, as something we are going to call the cash-up. So welcome to the cash-up. This is our little chance to uh, make the stock balance and make the tool balance before we close up shop. And the, the one thing to mention from this episode is it was the actor Chris D'Elia, who is also a stand-up comedian, who was replaced on Army of Darkness. Uh, the female actor Tig Notaro came in and was his replacement. He was accused of sexual misconduct at the time, and I think, yeah, no, they didn't want anything getting in the way of, of, of their film. And I think it took... Um, Zack Snyder many years to make this movie so I think they were just trying to avoid all conversations being about something else other than his movie so uh, that is that one thing to to mention so that was Graham Hackney talking with Cole Matthews uh, my name is Russell Grant we now have ourselves a website uh, basically it was our website, our RSS website, which uh, now you can get to if you go to thevideostore.co.za. Uh, we also are over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash thevideostore, and over on Instagram, join the party. It is videostorepod on Instagram. Magic! See you soon. <laughs>